Well, God is good. Amen? Amen. It's so good to be with you guys again and to see the house filled. Listening to and watching that video was like, wow, thank you, Jesus. What great men of God have spoken and over you guys and the church and things that are happening. As I was talking to Pastor a little bit last night after the service, some things that I was seeing and it just, yep. It's happening. It's happening. And um, it's exciting because last night when we were praying and stuff, I just saw things about the church and I saw it expanding and I saw it large, large, large and um, like large Marge. If you're my age, you know what that means. <laughs> Some crazy show that was on TV years ago. But anyway, um, uh, but wow, God, what God is doing in the earth and how he's called you to be a part of his plan in this house. You know, God has specific mandates and plans for every church. Of course, the Great Commission. What is the Great Commission? To get people saved, amen? To get the house filled with the glory. But there's mandates on different, you know, you can go to some churches and they're massive mission-minded. And they support missions like crazy. Then you go to other churches, and it's all about training up uh, ministers and training up the gifts. Um, it's just all kinds of different mandates that are upon churches. But the main purpose is harvesting. It's for the harvest to be reaped. And, um, and it's exciting. Because uh, my husband and I, you know, we are pioneering a church right now as well. And uh, I tell you what, the vision that God had put in us. When I was listening to Pastor Joe, I was like, man, I just wish he'd take the service. <laughs> because it was so good. I was like, go ahead, preach, son, preach. It was like, man, this is blessing me. And because it so was like, yep, yep, those are so many things that God's been talking to us about, things that we say, things that we're going after, because I believe we're in the last revival of the church in the earth before Jesus comes back. And I believe that there is a work that is already begun and it's happening. And I'm telling you what, it's those of us that are just going to be radical to step out by faith and believe in the supernatural and believe that God is God and he always will be God, shall we sing? <laughs> but he always will be God and he's got plans and purpose for this age and he has birthed some things inside of us as the church and there are things that need to be prayed out. Are you with me? You know, I remember years and years ago, uh, Brother Hagen talking uh, about sharing the story about Rama, which most of you know what that is. That's where Pastor Sarah went to school. And um, it's a training college, a training center college. And, uh, but before it happened, uh, it got all prayed out beforehand. It didn't just happen it was prayed out and then brother haken was preaching and as he was preaching spirit of prophecy came on him and he began to prophesy about how that he was going to start a school and it was going to be a place where people could come and be trained and uh for, to be in the ministry and uh after the service 
those that were with him said, you said this. You said that you were going to start a school. And he said, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Yeah, you did. You sure did. Because see, the spirit of God came on him. It didn't come out of his head. It came out of his spirit. And so he knew, well, we were going to have to do that. And so they did. They started a school. They've been training up ministers ever since and still going strong. Great Bible college. Great place to be. I believe it's the best Bible college on the planet. Um, but I also uh, taught there for many years and um, was there for many, many years. And, but I still know it's the best and it's great and everything. But God will begin to place things within us and it's imperative that we pray those things out. And sometimes we won't even know that something is the will of God until we're in times of prayer and we're spending time with him. Now, if you were here the last two services, we've been talking so much about praying in the spirit. We've been talking about prayer is communion with God, fellowship with God. It's your relationship with God. And then we've been talking about how that you are a spirit because God made you like him. And we've talked about John chapter four, verse 24, how that God is a spirit and um, how it says God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. And then over in Genesis chapter one, it talks about how that he made you like him. We've been made in God's image and in his likeness. Well, God is a spirit, and as a spirit being, what does a spirit do? Well, look in Genesis chapter 1. God began to create. You as a spirit being has to have the power and the ability of God Almighty in the, on the inside of you to create. Well, well now, how, how would I do that? Well, why don't we just follow what the word says look what jesus did look what the father did what did god do in the book of genesis in that first chapter we've all read that and 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 well, what what did he do he spoke the world into existence Amen. and when he spoke the bible said it was yes. he spoke it was spoke the stars into the sky it was meaning that when he spoke there it was it happened well but he's God yeah but then he made you like him he's a spirit you're a spirit being you're a three-part being spirit soul body now first Thessalonians 5 23 backs that up Paul said it Paul said I pray God that your whole spirit soul and body he broke us down into a three-part being now guys Brother Hagen used to say it like this, I am a spirit, I live in this body, and I possess a soul. What is a soul? My mind, my will, my intellect, my emotions. But I'm a spirit being. I've been made like him. So, as we've shared this weekend, the realm of the spirit is a real place. And you are a spirit and the realm of the spirit should not be a spooky weird place <gasps> no is there good in the realm of the spirit yes god glory everything he is angels it's wonderful is there bad in the realm of the spirit well yeah there's the i almost said stupid um but there's the devil and every demon Every angel that fell with Lucifer, they're in the realm of the spirit too. But me as a believer that is filled with the spirit of God, 
I'm not going to freak out and be afraid of the realm of the spirit and to operate in that realm because, oh, the devil's there. Guys, come on. Have, do you know anybody that yields to the devil? You've never done that, have you? Has your flesh ever yielded to the enemy? I can say I have because I fleshed out. Gotten mad, said things I didn't mean, and then said things that, oh, I didn't say that. Yeah, you did, Leanne. The realm of the spirit, there's good and there's evil. But as a believer, I always, when I go into prayer for years, would always say, Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're in me. And I thank you that when I'm in prayer, I don't want to see demonic activity. I don't want to operate over there and, and just see evil. No. I thank you that you're with me, Holy One. And because you're with me, I'm only going to see what you want me to see. And so I'm not going to be afraid. Now, there are so many sermons right now that I could go into about your authority in Christ, the power that you have because of the blood of Jesus, um, and how that you can go into prayer and have some dynamic times in God um, and take dominion over any demonic activity that would ever think about arriving in your life. Um, we've got power, but as you can see, you guys got pastors that know how to teach, preach, pray, prophesy and know the word so well so he can tie and fix everything that I've said that might have been confusing um, so uh, because there's so many messages that we could go into so if you were here the other two services I'm gonna tie into what we've been talking about how that as a spirit you have a legal right to operate in the realm of the spirit without fear because the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you and the last time I looked in the book the word says that God gave Gave you dominion Jesus gave you all authority you have all power the last time I looked it also said in Colossians that Jesus uh, triumphed over the devil he triumphed over him and because he triumphed over him he gave you the keys to the kingdom you now have all authority and power you reign in life you reign in life you've got it God has set you up to live big in life. You might say, yeah, but I know some people that are living really good in God and it seems like everything just works out for them, but then there's so many of us that just don't have that. Do you think God loves Pastor Joe and Pastor Sarah more? No. Doesn't love me more? Doesn't love you more? He loves us all the same. But it's those that will go after him those that seek his face, those that get in the word, those that are determined, I am going to have his will in my life. It's those that, as we said last night, that will consecrate your life unto him. Die to yourself and say, I don't want anything but your will in my life. It's those that will see the great wonders of the Lord. In, in Psalms in 107, in, there's some scriptures in there that talk about it's those that will see the wonders of the Lord in the deep. The deep things of God. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. Just say, that's me. That's me. That's me. I'm going to see the deep things of God. 
I'm operating in him. I live and move and have my being in him. If you believe it, shout amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. So guys, we're spirit beings. We've been made in the image and the likeness of God, and we've got a right to operate in the realm of the spirit and not be afraid as believers, but strong in the Lord. Strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Some of us just need, when we're at home, just to declare that scripture. I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. There's too much scripture for us to stand on, for us to not be living above all that which the enemy would try. You know, uh, John chapter 14, verse 17, Jesus said it. He said, the spirit of truth, the world, doesn't see or know. Doesn't see or know him. But then he went on to say, but you know him. Well, who's he talking about? The Holy Spirit. You know the Holy Spirit. You know him. And Jesus was still alive, and the Holy Spirit hadn't come to the earth yet. And he said, because he's going to live and dwell on the inside of you. And then we know that Jesus paid the price for our sin. And when he did, he had already, he prophesied. There's some other scriptures in chapter 16 where he said, it's expedient. Jesus said, it's expedient for you that I get out of here so that the Holy Spirit can come. Here he is, the Savior of all mankind. And he's saying, it's expedient for you that I get out of here because there is somebody coming after me. What was Jesus doing? He was prophesying. He was declaring that there was somebody coming after him and he knew it was the third person of the Godhead. See, it's the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, when he was alive in the earth, started stirring the disciples up about, you're going to know him. He's going to live and dwell on the inside of you, and it's expedient for you that I get out of here, pay the price for sin, come up out of the grave, and then get ready because Acts chapter 2 is going to happen. The Holy Spirit is going to come. And when he does, He's going to rest upon you, and you're going to begin to speak in an unknown tongue. Jesus knew what he was doing. He was setting things up. Should we not follow the example of our Lord? Here he is, God. And he is declaring what's going to happen. How many of you are declaring in your personal life what's going to happen? You have a pastor that when he was up here, he was declaring what you, this church, is having. Oh, yeah. And then the ministers that were on the video, what were they saying? 800 people. And then it's not good. The building's not going to be enough to hold all of them. I know what I saw last night in prayer, and I'm excited to see it completely unfold. I see a lot of people, a lot of people. I see more than just this campus. I believe that God is doing a work in this region like never before with demonstration and with power. 
Well, you might say, but it's not, it's not fully happening to the degree that we see yet. You've got to speak it. God does not push his agenda on you. It's for those that will come to him. The devil pushes, pushes, pushes. But God, here we are. It's for you to take. I'll show you glimpses of what your future is, but it's up to you to take hold of it and walk into it. I remember I, I used to work there on campus at Rama for many years, and uh, oh, it's been quite a few years back. I was training up some healing school technicians, and we always had meetings on Tuesday mornings at 8.30, right before healing school, and I decided that morning to pray with them, and we got in there, and we were praying. As we were praying, had a wonderful time, but we stepped over in the spirit, meaning we just weren't going, oh, Father. No, it was like, we stepped over, and when we did, I started seeing the body of Christ. And I saw the body of Christ operating at a very high level, operating from who they were in Christ. Not just the people in the platform, on the platform, but every believer in the pew. I saw them all, and I'm praying in the spirit, but I'm seeing this. And I'm seeing every believer operating as, as I know who I am in Christ, laying hands on the sick and making them well, casting out, devil, casting out devils, raising the dead. And I'm praying in the spirit in, this, in, this, in the auditorium there at the Prayer and Healing Center on campus at Raymond in, in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. But I'm seeing the body of Christ, and I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I'm praying. Whoa! And then I was, all of a sudden I saw the gifts of the spirit in operation in the church, like, whew, was powerful, powerful. You know, because we've got the gifts in operation in the church now, but it was magnified like crazy in this prayer time. And it was just like, you knew, I knew this is the end time. This is, this is the church that's going to usher in the coming of the king. And I'm not just talking about one church. I was praying for the whole body of Christ. And woo, glory to God, glory to God. And I was seeing it and I was seeing it. And then all of a sudden it dawned on me, oh, oh my goodness, healing school needs to start. I looked at my watch and I was like, everybody, let's stop. We've got to stop praying. There's people out in the lobby, I'm sure, waiting to come in to be into healing school. And I said, so we'll pick back up from this place and we'll pray from this place uh, uh, again next time. And so I had to go teach a class because, you know, it's a Bible college and I was teaching a class. And so I had to go to my office real quick and get my notes and get my things together. together. And as I was walking out the auditorium door, uh, out the hallway, the Spirit of God said, you know what church you were praying for? I said, yeah, the body of Christ. He goes, yeah. You want to know what church you were praying for? The body of Christ. Now, see, at this time, my husband and I are itinerant ministers. I teach and preach at Rama all the time. But on the weekends, we go to churches all the time like this, and we preach. We loved what we did and what we still do, part. <laughs> well, you know, because we're doing it in part now. But, but, but we loved what we did, enjoyed every bit of it, enjoyed our lives. It was great. We would travel to a church, preach, pray, prophesy, bless the churches, then jump back and go back to Ramah, go teach 
the ministers, following weekend, go back out again to another church somewhere, then go back to on campus, and then sometimes we'd have a four-day weekend, and it'd be like, woohoo, and um, it was great. We loved it. And so as I'm walking out that auditorium door, he said, do you want to know what church you were praying for? I said, the whole body of Christ. He goes, yeah, but you're praying for your church. I go, what? What? No, I rebuke that right now in the name of Jesus. I went in to my office and I sat down at my desk and I began to cry a little bit because I knew God was talking to me and I just had rebuked God. I was like, oh, dear God, thank God he loves me in spite of me. And I said, Father, forgive me. Forgive me. I, I know your voice. I, I know you said to me just then, our church, what are you talking about? We're not pastors. We don't want to be pastors. We like traveling and going to churches. Silence. Just silent. I had to go teach a class, and that was just weighing heavy on me. Heavy, heavy, heavy. Because an itinerant gets to pop into a church, preach for a little bit, have a wonderful time, and then leave. And we don't got to deal with any of you guys. If you got a problem, he got to deal with it. If you didn't like what we did, he got to deal with it. Because we leave. It's great being an itinerant. You know, a pastor has to get in there with you. An itinerant gets to come in and go, hallelujah, ha, 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 And a lot of times the itinerant will say exactly what the pastor says, but, but sometimes the people will think, oh, that itinerant is just amazing. And the pastor the whole time is preaching the exact same thing, but because it came in a different flair of a personality or something, you took it, and then the pastor just goes, well, praise the Lord, we'll bring in whoever we have to for them to get it, even though I've been saying it the entire time. It's funny. So we get to come in and, oh, and then we leave, and then the pastor gets to take care of all the everyday stuff. I went home that night. Sitting in my comfy chair beside my husband. We were getting ready to watch something on TV, and I said, Hun, I said, you're not going to believe what I, what I felt I heard God say to me today. He goes, well, what did he say? I told him what happened, just like how I shared with you. He looked at me and he said, no, that's not us. I go, I know, it's not us. And I flipped the TV back on. <laughs> then I grabbed the remote again and I paused it. And then I looked at him and I said, honey, if we ever really did do this, this is how it would be. And what, what do you think I was doing? And I wasn't even tuned in to what I was doing. But I said to him, I said, we'll go and we'll explode into a city. We'll have probably at least 25 people with us. And we'll explode into a city and we'll take that place. And we're going to be by an international airport. 
And I said, so that people can get in easy and, and get out easy, and it's going to be amazing. I said, it will be awesome. It will be a church where we know who we are in Christ. Everybody will know who they are from the parking lot attendant to the school teacher to the you name it. Every department's going to know who they are in Christ. They're all going to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. They're going to know who they are, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be a church that will be filled with his glory. And he said, yep, yep, that's right. That's how we would do it, but we're not doing it. And I said, that's right, click. <laughs> but what was I doing? See, when you spend, right, I was prophesying. When you spend time with God, when you spend time with him, he will get his plan over to you. He will reveal to you how it's going to be. But it's up to us to walk it out and to pray every detail of it out. You might say, well, did you do it? You guys kept saying you weren't. Yeah, because you know what he did? He started bringing people to us that would confirm stuff. And I'd want to rebuke them. You might say, well, weren't you just willing right away? I rebuked God, remember? I'm sharing these for specific reasons. I'll never forget, I was at the, in the building that I worked in, that I was over. I walked into the kitchen, and one of my friends that used to travel in the Rama Singers and Band was in there. And he looked at me, he goes, Leanne? He said, do you and Jerry want a pastor? I go, no. And he goes, well, I had a dream. I go, oh, man. And I sat down beside him, and he began to tell me. Everything I just said to you, he said to me in his dream. He said, I walked into this very large room, church. He said, there was electricity in the air, the power of God. He goes, in the dream, I knew that God had been moving and the place was packed. The gifts of the Spirit were in operation. I go, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know it. Because, see, I still was wanting to walk away from it because I liked my life the way it was. But we've got to fulfill the will of God. I walked out of teaching a class there on campus in prayer school. I walked out of prayer school, was walking over, my usher was with, my head usher was with me, and we're walking to my car, you know, and uh, we're talking, and then a, a, a kid that uh, was a Rama grad, and he was a healing school technician, he came over to me, he goes, Miss Leanne, can I talk to you for a minute? And I said, sure, what you need? He said, are you and Jerry leaving? I said, I've never said we're leaving or doing nothing. He said, you're going somewhere, and I I've never said that. He said, you guys are going to pastor. Where are you going? I said, I've never said I was going to go pastor or do anything like that. He said, am I supposed to go with you? I looked at him and I said, son, I don't know where you're supposed to go. And I said, and first of all, I would never tell you you were supposed to go anywhere with me because you've got to follow God for yourself. He goes, all right then. He goes, I'm going to talk to my wife, and then I'll come and see you next week. <laughs> Turned around and walked away from me. 
And I walked back to my car. Good God Almighty, what are you doing? And, and it just started happening. He came back the next week. He said, well, my wife, the, the day I talked to you, my wife came in from work, and I began to tell her. And she goes, well, I didn't know they were moving. We never told him we were. He said, they're moving, and we're suppo- I believe we're supposed to go with them. What do you think? And she said at first, she was like, and she started praying in the spirit. The Holy Ghost came upon her, and she started shaking and fell down into the chair. And she goes, we got to go. And he's in my office telling me this, and we don't even know where we're going yet. Huh? Or when. And, he, and I told him, I said, we don't know where, when, how. But see, God will set you up. And that began to happen. And now we have right at 30 people that we're getting ready to explode into Rockwall, Texas. But I shared this to say, many of you, this stirred something in you as I shared it because there are some things that God's been dealing with you about and you either haven't accepted it or maybe you have accepted it and you're trying to figure out how's it going to happen and you're trying to figure it out in your head. I'm telling you, don't try to figure it out in your head. Just don't. Just get in the word, speak the word. You're in a church where our pastors know the spirit of God and they're declaring the truth and they're giving you the word. He's telling you, you want to be rich? I'll tell you how you sow. Everything you need is in the word. Everything you need is right here in this church with pastors that know the spirit of God. You might say, but I don't understand. And lady, I don't know if I agree with what you're even talking about right now. Well, don't judge this church just on me. I'm a visitor. Like he said, I liked what you said. Come four times. Come four times, at least four times. Because the enemy doesn't want you to stay in a good church. He wants you to go to one that is lifeless. So that you bring no havoc to his kingdom. But when you go to a church that is practicing the Bible, knows who they are in Christ, knows how to stand up and tell the devil where to go and is not inhibited by anything in this life. Oh, the devil doesn't want you to know these truths. That's why when you get in a church and you've got pastors that are bulldogs. Sorry, but you're bulldogs. It just makes you want to be a part. If you can live that life, then I'm going to do it. If they're doing it, I can do it. I told you just the other night, I said, I used to, as a student, I was 18 years old, listening to Kenneth E. Hagan, sitting on the edge of my seat, listening to him teach and tell stories about his life. And when he would tell these stories about his life, I would sit there going, I'm going to do that. I'm a kid, but I'm going to, I'm going to do that. When you hear stories from the word, when you hear people, ministers getting up and sharing things and your heart's going, then you need to be saying, I'm next. Or you need to be going, yes, that's me. God is not a respecter of persons. But there's something about the word faith that causes him to move over a million people for that that one person. That one person that will dare to believe. 
to actually hear a word from the pastor and take hold of it and believe it. I believe I'm in a church of faith believers. A church that will not be moved. I will not let the news dictate to me what I'm going to be or who I am. Well, if you live here, this is how it is. Uh Uh-uh. It's different with me. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. How many times have I went into a doctor appointment and they tell you doom and gloom about something? They give you the worst thing that it could possibly be. And on the inside, I'm going, nope, not me. Nope, that won't be me. No, I won't have those side effects. No, I won't have that pain. No, I won't have that. I'm not saying that doctors are wrong in what they're putting out the facts of maybe what your body's trying to say, but I am a spirit that lives in a body that has a soul, and my spirit is in charge. I've been made like God who is a spirit. God spoke and created things by the words that he spoke. The world, the Bible says, was framed by the words that God spoke, and he made me like him. So I tell my frame, my world, what it's going to do. It doesn't tell me. Are you with me? There is nothing in my life that is going to dictate to me how I'm going to be unless it's the word of God and the, or the rhema of the spirit, meaning the spoken word of God that I've heard him speak to me. That's what rules me. The world will say, yeah, but we've had scientific proof. We've done study after study after study. And this is what always happens. This how it is. And they give you pat answers about this and this and this and this. And it's just like, nope, not me. Well, what is that? That's called being a person of faith. And being a believer that believes the Bible that you are a spirit being and you have a legal right as a spirit to speak. I have a friend that we get to minister with quite often, Annie Durant, and she said this. She said, um, we need to get better at being spirits. I said the other night. In Scripture, uh, you know, in 1 Thessalonians, and I said it earlier, 5.23, where Paul said, I pray, God, that your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. Did you notice that he said spirit first? I think we need to recognize there's, there should be some importance upon what is he speaking first. He said spirit. He didn't say your will, your emotions, your feelings, or your body. He said Spirit. So God looks down, and there's scripture in Proverbs, what is it, 27, 17, that the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. So God looks at your spirit to see what's happening with you. He doesn't look at your intellect. He doesn't look at your physical being. He's a spirit, so he checks your spirit out. You might say, why do you keep looking at our bellies or touching your belly? John 7, 38 says, out of our belly flows rivers of living water. Out of your belly, the core of your being, the core of your person, your spirit, right here, right here. That's where your spirit's located, right here. Have you ever been doing something or, or in a service, and, and if you check your stomach, it's like, oh, you can feel 
what is going on? Man, something is happening downstairs. Hallelujah. Out of your belly flows rivers of living water, your spirit. God wants us to be uh, better at being spirits, speaking and declaring the truth and living a supernatural life. And then as a spirit being, guys, how important it is for us to understand as believers, you've got the Holy Spirit. You've got the third person of the Godhead, not, guys, you're saved, but you've got the Holy One living on the inside of you. Jesus said, it's expedient for me to hurry up and die for you because there's somebody that's coming after me and he's going to live and dwell on the inside of you. And we know him, Jesus said. See, the life of the Spirit is taking God at his word. Having a true life of the Spirit is taking God at his word. Living and walking in the Spirit is taking his word and going, yep, that's me. Yep, that's right. If he said it, then it's mine. Can you believe in something that you can't see with your natural eye? Some of you. How many of you watched that crazy movie, Hook, with Robin Williams? Anybody? Remember, he was Peter Pan, but he couldn't remember he was Peter Pan? If you didn't see the movie, watch it. It's a cute movie. He, he couldn't remember, but all the kids in Neverland, they all remembered him as being Peter. How can you not know who you are? And they sat at this huge table because they were hungry. And Robin Williams, who is playing Peter Pan, he sits down at the table, and he doesn't see any food on the table at all. But these kids are just eating, eating, eating. And, and it was like, oh, my goodness, they're just, I mean, wah, wah, wah. And he's sitting there. And then all of a sudden, he started believing. And when he did, what happened? He saw all the food. They ended up having a food fight and everything. Just because you don't see something in the natural doesn't mean that it's not in the spirit. If God said it, how many of you believe God? As we always have heard for years, believers do what? Believe. We believe him. If we believe him, if he said in John 14 that you know the Holy Ghost, then you know him. Well, I don't know. I don't feel like I do. I don't feel like I know much of anything. I just don't know. But Jesus said you know him. So are you going to operate in faith that, yep, I do know him. Are you going to speak and confess what the word says? Well, how? Well, that's a lie. If I don't have it, then I just don't have it. I don't know him. If you are born again and the Bible is in your lap or on your phone and you read John 14, 17, it says you know the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. You know him. You know him. So am I going to believe what it says? Am I going to speak what the word says? Or am I going to live a life where I get to watch other people prospering and living a wonderful life in God, where they're happy and they're at peace and things are wonderful, and then me just still go, I'll try to make it look like I'm doing it at church, but when I get in my car or when I get home, I live with me. Guys, we cannot let how we feel in this realm 
dictate what we believe. Pastor's up here, and he's talking about vision. He's talking about what's happening. 58 people got saved this weekend. Are you kidding me? Not many churches can say that. 58 people. This church is happening. That's why you're not going to be able to contain it. That's why you've got to grow. That's why you've got to get a bigger building. And I like that it's not going to cost you nothing. Amen. That's God. But see, it's so important that we talk about it, that we speak it. My husband and I, we begin to pray about this plan. God, you're telling us we've got a pastor? Where? I even, and then there was a few of them that were go, at the beginning that were going with us and stuff, and they did go with us, but, but there was just a few in the home, and, and we'd, I'd say, let's get the iPad out. Let's, let's just put the America out there on the map. Let's look and just start praying and see if God leads us. And I mean the whole, everybody in the team at that point was, oh, oh, Father, we thank you that you're revealing it to us. And as they were all doing it, the Holy Spirit said to me, I'm not going to tell you yet. What? I'm not going to tell you yet. Because if I tell you, you're going to get your head wrapped around it and you're going to try to figure it out in your own strength. And he was right, because I know me. And so we stopped praying. I said, guys, wait a second. Spirit of God just said he's not going to tell us. Huh? Yeah, not now. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. So right now, we know we're going to have to leave. We know we're going to be pastoring. But just like Abraham, God told Abraham to go and didn't tell Abraham where to go. But Abraham had to step out. People that have to have every T crossed, every I dotted, and have everything planned out to a T, and then they do something. God likes you to walk on the water with him. He likes it when you believe him with radical faith. He likes it when you'll step out and say, yep, okay, here we go. So we knew we were going somewhere. So we just prayed it out. God began to deal with us. The team began to grow more. And then the hour came. And it was supernatural how God told us where the church was going to be. But guys, we're in the midst of walking this thing out right now. I'm encouraging you right now. Many of you are doing adventures in God in your personal life. There's some things that you're desiring. You possibly are not going to go have to pastor like us. Some of you might. Some of you might have to travel and preach and be underneath these pastors like that. And then some of you have no desire to be behind a pulpit. I understand that. I never wanted to be behind a pulpit. But it was the will of God for me. Some of you have got thoughts and ideas about finances, business. Some of you got radical ideas about children growth, growing up children God's way, raising up youth that are on fire for God. 
how to do a sound system and how to do it this way. And you're like, would that really work? Can you be spirit led on doing a sound system and be anointed to do it? Yeah. Ask those guys. Can you be anointed to play the drums? Oh, yeah. How many times I would be on prayer school at prayer school, and I always had a band. There was always at least 15 of them working with me. And how many times I would stop and I'd go, wait a minute. Drums, drummer, play. Nobody else would be playing. And they would just take off under the anointing and just go. And then I'd say, now add the piano to that. Well, did they play a song they knew? No. Because we had trained them how to be Holy Ghost led. There were times I would walk up on the platform and I'd say, we're supposed to sing something, but I don't know what, so sing it. And I remember some of them, that, you know, with big eyes. I go, mm-mm, and they knew. Don't ever, if I come up and I say, I know there's a spiritual song that needs to be sung, don't look at me and say, I don't have it. If I'm the leader, I'm coming up and I'm being led and I'm asking you to do something that you believe in me that I've heard from God, and you'll have it. And even if I missed it, God will bless you because you're obedience to honor me as the leader. I've watched it happen. And so there were times I'd get up and I'd be like, go ahead. I remember one time, uh, one of my musicians, his name was Trent, and I, I looked over at him and I said, Trent, Something, sing something new. Don't, no, 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 nothing you know. Nothing you know. Sing something by the Spirit. He's like, yes, ma'am. In front of all the people that were there in prayer school, yes, ma'am. And he'd just start playing by faith. And then he'd start singing a little bit, and then all of a sudden, a whole song by the Spirit would come. And then I would turn and say, Holly, now you take it. He'd keep playing, and then she would get a verse. And then if they started freaking out a little bit, I would say, okay, I'm going to sing a verse now. And I'd make myself step out on the edge. And there were times I didn't feel like I had it. But guys, if you have the third person of the Godhead living on the inside of you, you've got his ability. The Bible says in Acts 1-8, you've got his ability, his efficiency, and his might. (laughs) You've got the greater one in you. Can you stand and do what God's called you to do? Yes, you can. What has he called you to do? What is he asking of you to do? What is he asking you to do in your workplace, in your family, in your church? I love that song. I don't know if I can remember all the words. Build your church, build your church, build it from the ground up. You know which one I'm talking about? Do you guys sing that one? It's one of our favorite songs to sing in the church because It's his church, and he's got plans. That's why I loved it, listening to the vision. It made me so excited. I was, whoo! That's why Pastor Jerry, when he got up, he's like, if we weren't doing what we're doing, we're going to come here. (laughs) We're going to come here. I I would help you with your prayer program. Jerry would do all kinds of stuff. I mean, we just, whoo-hoo! You know, we just travel out of here. Let's go back to being itinerant, you know, and, and whatever you want us to do, we'll do it, <laughs> you know, because when you get in a church where there's a vision and you know, it's from heaven, it's not something that he's thought up here, but it's here. It's in his spirit. Has God called you to this church? You need to shout. 
Yes! If you've only been here for a short time, you need to really be shouting, yes! Why? Because the enemy is going to come to you like a flood and try to make you go, oh, they're off, oh, they're weird. No, that's not right. And you know what? If you're a church hopper, I'm sure they don't want you anyway. Okay, I'm speaking for you at that point, but I... You know, people that hop from one church to the next church to the next church, and they always seem to feel like they can prophesy to everybody or they feel like they need to share every revelation they ever get from God. And they always want to tell the pastor how they need to be doing something. And, well, I just need to preach, and I just need to do, and, and it's just like, ugh. It's sad. And those type of people... We'll try to split churches, take people to where, to their home and start having church meetings in their home, pull people from good churches that were too young to understand that they weren't the head of the house. And they lead people astray. And then, and the enemy knows what he's doing. He's done it like that for years. He hasn't changed his tactics. He wants to try to split and divide and pull people away. But guys... No more. No more. I don't know about you, Pastor. I think I do know. You want people that are hungry. You want people that want God in their lives and aren't gullible to drink from someone that is not walking in the fullness of the light. If anyone ever, I'm meddling, but if anybody ever comes to you in the church and says, I don't know if I agree with what Pastor Joe just preached. I don't know if I agree with that. That's when you need to step back and say, go pray about it then, because I do, and walk away. You might say, yeah, but I'm not able to say that I agreed with it because it kind of made me go, hmm, don't gossip. Don't talk to people like that. Why? Because that's the beginning of strife and division that the devil does to stir up things. Well, they sat in my seat. And I can't believe they sat in my seat and you'll sit in another seat and the whole service just look over at them thinking, I'm going to have to get here earlier next week. Who cares where you sit? As long as you're in the house. There are many people in the church world as a whole that have been in church for a long time and are religious in their thinking. And God, he's been patient. He's been patient. And he loves them in spite of them. But Christianity is not a religion. You've heard it. It's a relationship. It's a relationship with God. And as we've shared this week, you're a spirit. You've been made like God. He craves your time. 
he'll even say, come on, come spend time with me. And if you're not careful, you'll override, you'll override it. You'll override it because you're busy doing your own thing or you want to watch something on TV and just chill. He said, come on, come spend time with me. You'll sense it. And then when you're obedient to just go in and just pray, you need to do what we've taught the last two services. Get in there and pray from your personality, out of your heart. Put yourself into your prayer language. When you're praying in the spirit, don't just go, oh, doesn't the Bible say that when you are speaking in an unknown tongue, you're speaking unto God? When I don't know how to pray like I ought, the Holy Spirit on the inside of me does. So I'm going to lean on him and I'm going to pray in an unknown tongue. And then the word says in 1 John 2.20, I've got an, an unction, anointing from the Holy One. I have an unction and I can pray in the Holy Ghost. And, and the Bible says, and you know all things. I don't know everything. I'm not a novice. I don't know everything. I don't, I don't. But there's somebody that lives on the inside of you called the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, who was in the beginning, in the beginning, in the book of Genesis even, when God said, let us cre create man in our image. Who do you think God was saying our image, Father, Son, Holy Ghost? So the Holy Spirit that has always been is now in the earth, he hasn't left the earth. He's living on the inside of you. And Jesus said, you know him. So when I pray in the Holy Ghost, I have an unction from the Holy One, and I know all things. I don't know everything up here, but the Holy Spirit that lives down here on the inside of me, he does know all things. My mind doesn't always have complete clarity on everything, but the more I yield to praying in the Spirit, Revelation will come up, 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 up out of my belly, goes to my soul, to my mind, and revelation, there it is. Just like for my husband and I, we're praying, we're praying, we're praying, and then, whoo, whoo, we are, we are, we have to do this church, we're pastors. Oh, and then it comes up, and it's supposed to be Rockwall, Texas. What? And you know what's kind of funny about Rockwall, Texas? Did you know that Brother Hagen, the first visitation he had of Jesus was in Rockwall, Texas? Is that the wildest thing? I traveled with him, you know, in the Rama Singers and Band, and I've been under his ministry since 1984. And it didn't click with me right away. And I was like, oh, 1950, right, honey? 1950 in September in a tent meeting, Brother Hagin's doing a meeting in Rockwall, Texas. And he saw Jesus for the first time, and Jesus came and spoke to him about the last days. And we're called to that area. Then there used to be a huge ministry there, and the mandate upon the man was all about prayer. His church grew to how many? 22,000 people within moments. What's the call on our lives? Prayer. You are doing something, oh my. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, you will pray yourself right into the will of God for your life.
Are you with me? Remember last night, Romans 8, 26, when I had my husband stand up, I, God told me years ago when I was in Bible school, ministry comes first and then your husband will come. So I thought, great, okay, that's fine. I'm in ministry. I'm growing. I'm learning. Um, I end up being a youth pastor in my home church after I graduated from Rama. This is awesome. This is awesome. My husband's coming. Well, you know, when I graduated Rama, I was like 1920. Well, when 25 came, I thought, well, dear God, ministry has come. Let's go. Where's my man? 30 came, 35 came. Are you kidding me? I'm now traveling with Brother Hagen and the Rama Singers and Band. I'm the prayer coordinator at Rama. And it's like, come on, where's my husband? You said he was coming. And then I had to get in faith about it. And I begin to pray in the spirit about it. Father, I thank you that my husband's finding me. And I'm not going to meditate and dwell on this forever. Nope, nope, nope. He's finding me. And I pray in the spirit about it, pray in tongues about it. And it wasn't, but a few years after that, I finally made the switch that my husband found me. But you know what I believe? I believe had I not went after it in faith, I'd still be in the ministry, but I'd be single. I had a lot of counterfeits. You don't want to marry a counterfeit. And if you've married somebody and you're like, yep, yep, she's a counterfeit, all right. Or he's a counterfeit. Well, it's all right. You married now, baby. God will bless that marriage and help you if you both go vertical looking to him. Come on now. But when you pray, you pray in his plan for your life. Because he's a good dad. When you'll dare to spend time with God, he'll speak. He'll reveal the plan to you. He'll show you things to come. And for there's a mashazini gande. And there's a light to the door. For there is a great moving of my spirit that is approached the land. And it is a bright light and it's shining strong. And it's to those that will step out and reach into all that I have that they'll find what I have for them and what is in store. And I hear the Spirit of God say, will you step in? Will you step in and live beyond your natural thinking as a natural man? Will you step in to the glory of God where you say, not my will, but your will be done, and then pray from a place of faith? Though in the natural, it can't be seen, but you know something is of him, and you speak it out, and you don't step back. You only continue to go forward. Will you be one that will see the manifestation of God in this day? I don't know about you, but I'm shouting, yes! Some people say, oh, you're just a cheerleader. You just know how to get people excited. Guys, I was a very shy little girl. I was shy all my time that I was a Rama student. Something happened. I'm not shy anymore. Because the call of God reigned stronger in me than the way my person was. You can change you with God's ability, 
Get on his path. Some of you need to do what Habakkuk chapter 2 says and write the vision down. Make it plain. We've been writing the vision down concerning our church. The name of it is Momentum Church. We've been writing the vision down. We talk about it. We pray about it. Now the team that is with us, we have people that have moved. The couple that has taken our service this morning moved from Sweden to be in this mandate that we're doing. I look in this church and I'm like, hmm. Look at all of you that's in this mandate. What God's calling for this region through these pastors and you as the people that are doing this great work. I look at this church and I go, oh, are your leaders all in here? Are these your leaders? Usually on the ground floor, the leaders start. How long have you guys been a church? When you guys took it, three years? <laughs> look at you guys. Look at you guys. Oh my goodness. Is God going to have you do more than just come on a Sunday morning and sit in your seat? Oh, I hope not. Guys, pray in the Holy Ghost. And if you're not filled, you better get filled. If you're not saved, you better get saved. You're in the right place at the right time. When you start getting heaven's assignment for your life, you begin to live with purpose. When you begin to get heaven's assignment for your life, well, I thought I had it and I failed and I feel like I failed and, and I just don't need to be doing this. I just don't need to be doing this. Tell the devil where to go. Tell your head to shut up. Speak what the word says. You know, I've said this. A silent Christian is a dead one. There was the healing school technicians were ministering to a lady in healing school. I'm about done. And they were ministering to her. And she had been healed of cancer. It came back on her. So she came back to healing school to receive and take hold of the word again. She should have been maintaining it, but she didn't. She lost it because she got caught up in her world and didn't maintain her walk and relationship with the Lord. And the devil came in and just attacked her again. And um, she'd been there for a little bit. And the healing tech said to me, uh, you know, Leanne, could you... Um, could you help us with her? It's just like she's not doing what we're telling her to do. She's not meditating the word. She's not doing anything. So we're, we're not getting through to her. I said, bring her into my office. And I looked at her and I said, I called her by name and I said, why aren't you doing what they're telling you to do? Why aren't you meditating the word? Why aren't you doing what, we're, what, what they're telling you? And she just looked up at me and she goes, I don't know. Because she, she was depressed. How many of you have had breakthrough in your life in areas and living great, wow, and the devil attacks, and then before you know it, you're... Not even looking back to look to see what he did for you that last time. He's the same God. Don't make me start singing, he'll do it again. And all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost boldness came on me. And I looked at that woman, and I said... Well, if you're going to be silent, then go ahead and die. I wanted to crawl underneath the desk because I'm supposed to love on people. I'm not supposed to tell them to die. But I knew it was God. 
the other healing techs that were sitting by the lady went, and that lady just began to cry, big crocodile tears. And I was like going, God, 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 God. And, and I looked at her. I said, you know we love you, but we're here to help you. You've been healed of this before. It's nothing for God. But you've got to do your part. You've got to take your healing, and you've got to speak. You've got to say what the word says. And you know you need to do that. She goes, yeah. You're right, I do know, I do know. Start speaking then. She did, she did, she did, she got it, she got it. But guys, God's got an assignment for you. Doesn't matter how young, how old. There's an assignment. What is the assignment? How do I find out the assignment? By praying in the spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost. I say, but it seems like when I'm praying, I'm just hitting up against a brick wall. Here is a spiritual truth that is going to help you. And then I'm going to hush. The spiritual truth is this. How many of you have been praying in the spirit before and you feel like you're getting nowhere? You feel like you're hitting your head up against a wall. Ugh. I was on campus there at Rama as the prayer coordinator, and I was praying in my office about quite a few things that I needed to get covered for the ministry there. As I was praying over these things, I felt, I'm not getting nowhere. And I'm just hitting a brick wall. I don't like to pray like that. But this is a long time ago. And I heard the Spirit of God say, why don't you act like you're on the other side of the wall? Peter Pan, why don't you act like you're eating and you can see the food? Are you with me? God said to me, why don't you act like you're on the other side of the wall in these things? And I go, well, how am I supposed to do that? How can I do that? I'm praying in tongues. And he said, act like you're over there. Act like you're already in that place of victory. Act like you're already seeing and knowing what to do. Act like it. I go, well, how do I do that? And in my heart, I just knew, oh, I'm going to have to change my tone. I'm not just going to be going, oh, Bresigina. I'm going to pray from a place of, oh, Bresigina, Mangre, get her to Voshtamande. Oh, Bresigina, Bogulu, Vashkrande. Oh, yeah, I see it. Oh, Sugulu, Mangre, Gende. Oh, Rafashke. I was like, okay, I'm doing it. So I did it. I'm not saying I even prayed five seconds. I stepped so far over in the spirit. I saw things, new things. And when I finished, I jumped up out of my seat, ran down the hallway, walked into my friend's um, office that was over the prayer and healing center at that time, Jim Hockaday. I walked into his office and I said, you're not going to believe what I just did. He goes, what'd you do? I said, you know those things I was wanting to pray about, blah, 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 blah. I said, you know, I was sitting in my office and I'm praying. And I said, I felt like I was hitting a brick wall. I was like, good God, why is this so miserable to pray like this? I, I'm a prayer coordinator. And then I'm praying for these things. And it's like I'm just not getting through. I didn't like it. I said, but the Spirit of God told me, why don't you act like you're on the other side of the wall? And I told Jim the story. I said, Jim, I jumped over so far. I prayed it all out in just a few seconds. He goes, my God, Leanne, sit down. Let's pray. Because he had some things he wanted to pray about that he felt that he couldn't get through on. Whew! And we got it. There was another time that I'll never forget. It was a Friday afternoon, and Jim came to me, and he said, Leanne, 
when we get back in the office on Monday, we need to pray about these different things. I said, okay, great, we'll do it. You know, it's the end of the week. I'm going to go fly somewhere and preach. He's going to fly somewhere and go preach. And then we'll be back on campus on Monday morning. Well, I get there Monday morning, had great meetings and stuff that weekend. But, man, I was tired. Man, I didn't even want to turn my light on in my office, and I didn't. I sat down at my desk going, oh, God, I wish I could have slept quite a few more hours. And I thought, and this is what I told the Lord, please don't remind Jim (laughs) that we're supposed to pray. Next thing I know, back in that time and that day, our phone system, he could push one button on his phone. And whether I wanted to hear his voice or not, I could hear him in my office. And he said, Leanne, come on, let's pray. I go, well, Jim, are you sure you want to right now? Can't we do it later this afternoon? He goes, no, we said we're going to pray. Come on, Leanne. I said, all right, if you're sure, because, you know, we could do it after prayer school today, after healing school. Leanne, come on. I got up and was like, I walked down the hallway, I opened the door, and he looked worse than I felt. (laughs) Dark circles around his eyes. I go, Jim, seriously, we can pray later. It's too early right now. We've been so busy this weekend. He goes, Leanne, sit down. I was like, And I'll never forget it. I sat down across from him. I'm almost done, I promise. I sat down across from him. And he goes, okay, Leanne, we're praying. I said, okay, because I'm obedient. I'm listening to my leader. Okay, let's do it. This is before I had the revelation to step over by faith. And he said, okay. He starts praying. He starts praying. He's praying in the Holy Ghost. And I'm going, oh, get it. And then all of a sudden, Jim goes, yeah, Lord. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. And I opened my eyes and just looked at him. And then he was looking at me like this. And he smiled. And I looked at him and I shook my head because I knew what he was doing. He was using his faith to step over into the spirit and pray about these things. And I, I made the decision a long time ago, if he's going somewhere, I'm going somewhere. If he's getting it, I'm getting it. And so I said, yeah, Lord, I see it too. And you might say, did you? Not at the second. Because, see, my spirit is alive unto God, and my spirit has the Holy Spirit right there jam-packed together. And he knows what needs to be prayed. He knows the heart of the Father. The Bible says that he reveals the heart of the Father to us. And when I step over by faith, he's there. And if I just go, oh, Bresigili, yeah, I hear it. Yeah, that's right. And then before you know it, guess what happens? I see the food in front of me. Peter Pan, boom. I see the assignment. I see the answers. Because why? I'm living by faith in Jesus above. Remember that old song? I'm trusting, abiding in his great love. What am I doing? I'm living by faith. The just shall live by faith. And faith has to be in operation in your prayer life. Is it hard? No. If the Bible says, 1 John chapter 5, this is the confidence that I have in God. If I ask anything according to his word, he hears me. That's what it says. Well, I don't feel like God ever hears me. I just don't. He didn't. Mm. What's the Bible say? Don't make me get aggravated. 
What does the Bible say? The Bible said that if you ask anything according to his word, his will, he hears you. And then the next verse says, because you know he hears you, guess what? He gives you the petitions that you've asked of him. <laughs> See, this relationship with God, it doesn't operate like the world system does. So if you're trying to be a fleshly person and follow J-Lo and follow, I don't know, anybody else that you might like to look at, and, and you're just like, oh, their life is so wonderful, they're, they're this, and oh, how she does her makeup, and how she does this, or whoever you like. Maybe she knows Jesus, I don't know. I kind of think not. Um, but we just pray laborers across her path, in Jesus' name. Be nice to have her glorified in heaven, amen. But I'm not going to pattern my life after a heathen. I'm not going to pattern my life after someone in the world and expect and then wonder why the truths of the word of God isn't working in my life. Did you know every unbeliever, they're searching? They might not know they are, but when you start talking to them, they're looking because God is their father too. He created them. And they're looking for their dad and they don't even know they are. And you know the truth. He called you out of the darkness to walk in this marvelous light, to be an example of who he is in this earth. And you and I are people of faith Look at your neighbor and say, I'm living by faith. 